Hey guys, welcome to the Self-Evident Podcast. It is Saturday morning, 9 a.m. It's time to get your day started right. Let's lift a cup of coffee. Let's lift a glass to all the homies. All the homies who are (laughs) sitting in their pajamas or their robes. Wiping off the crusties in the morning because we we love you. And you're hanging out with us. This is a way to get your morning started. So I am Mike. Uh, yeah, you know me. Yeah, that's Massey. We're twins. As you can tell, we decided today we were going to wear the same shirt. Oh my shirt. gosh, twinsies. Twinsies. So we're going to the mall later and we want to look cute. <laughs> that's it. That's the end of the show. So I thought you hope you guys enjoyed that. Oh, Let's man, all have a great that's not day. Good. <laughs> Whatever just happened here was not good, guys. Uh, oh. I just want you to know. Uh, so. Before we get started, like, comment, share, all that funny stuff, because we need your funny self to be funny. Because we can't do it right now. Guys, comment <laughs> where you're from. Share below. No, comment where you're from. Share abroad. And put down below, what do you think are some of the greatest topics we're facing as a nation? We'd love right. to talk about it. We keep asking people to do it, and they don't ever do people it. Don't so, do it. Yeah, that they means don't do you. It. Yeah, so so go ahead and like and share. Uh, uh, get on the con. We love uh, handing out content. We got some guys writing some blogs right now, so we're gonna be doing blogging content right now. Um, our Truth to Power conference is gonna be. Dead. We got people signing up already. There By the way, we never spots. So. I never gave you that the graphic. Slide the graphic. Yeah, I never gave you the graphic for it. <laughs> but maybe you can chime in and grab it from the website while this is processing, and then we can ooh, put it up ooh, and talk about it. Ooh, that's a test. Especially, can, can he do it? Especially because he's gonna won't have to, he do it? He's gonna have to switch angles while he's doing it too. Oh, he's got three different oh, things. What's gonna happen? Just keep it. Just keep it right in the middle. Look how yeah. skinny I am, and look how fat Mike is. <laughs> Guys, I'm trying. Okay, Dunkin' Donuts is right on the way to work. It's tough. Okay, but don't forget, check out all of our information. Check out our website www.theselfevidenttruth.com. And if you go slash podcast, you can go to the podcast page. You can check out all of the different platforms that we're on, news, updates, that kind of thing. Also, today, we're going to be talking about some interesting stuff. We're going to be talking about the $450,000 being offered to illegals, but we're going to put a little bit of a twist on it because we're not going to just stop there. Everybody's talking about that. We get it. But we've got a little bit more that we're going to be rolling with on this. So if you guys are ready, I'm ready. Everybody ready? We're all ready? Maybe. Ready? Yeah. Let's go. So let's go to slide number one. One. The Biden administration, they've decided that a certain Trump policy uh, is a, quote, historic moral stain on our nation that must be fully remedied. This was said by Lee Gallant of the ACLU's Immigration Rights Project. Now, one thought, ACLU, American Civil Liberties Union. I'll leave that there. So this guy, Lee Gallant, who obviously sounds like he's got an opinion about the whole thing, he just happens to be the lead negotiator on one of the lawsuits as well. He also said that the remedy must include not only meaningful monetary compensation, but a pathway to remain in this country. Whoa, 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 whoa. hold on. So now you're easy fella. Now you're not just arguing about money. You're arguing about a way to stay in the country. What we have to say first is that they crossed the border illegally. 
They, <laughs> they crossed illegally. Well, you know, and for some, I just got this message this morning, and I understand. I really do. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not downplaying this. When you have family who are under attack and all these other things, they come across. We do everything we can, but that doesn't just because something. This is very hard to say. But it's the truth. At what point do we do things legally and lawfully? So we're breaking the law because others are breaking the law. Right. You, you feel what I'm saying? Like at some point we got to correct that, you know? Right. And that's it. We'll get into this more. So right now what they're talking about is $450,000 per person plus being able to stay. So let's take a step back. What are they talking about? So during the Trump administration, there was a policy that was put in place to automatically separate children from the adults that they were with until the identification of the parents could be established. Now, why was this? If you ask the Biden administration, you ask the Democrats, what they're saying is, well, because Trump's evil and wanted to torture kids. The real reason is because kids are trafficked and, and kids are with people that they're not supposed to be with. They're sold into slavery. They're they're taken from their families or they're in dangerous situations where they can easily be taken advantage of. What's worse, a lot of these kids are sent by their parents without their parents to make it to America. So these kids are traveling on their own. They're put in the hands of a coyote. The coyote does whatever he wants to do. It was a safety measure to help protect these kids of being disappeared into America. Yeah. But now we're looking at it as the most horrible situation ever because all they're telling wow. you is they're trying to separate families. Wow. They're trying to make it worse for them. They're torturing these kids. A lot of these kids, to make it to America or come after their parents, have already arrived so that way they can take advantage of chain immigration, DACA, other programs. So this program to separate children from adults until confirmation, it's obviously insulted everyone so much that the lawsuits are in the courts from illegal immigrants. Okay, the illegal immigrants are bringing the lawsuits and it's being supported by the ACLU, America, the ACLU. So the demand in each lawsuit amounts to about $3.4 million per family. That's what these illegal immigrants are, are saying they need because of physical and mental trauma. The settlement offered about four offered from the government offers about four hundred fifty thousand dollars per person and close to one per one million per family. So the ACLU has identified fifty five hundred children affected, which they've said again, they said caused physical and mental trauma. Right. Nine hundred forty claims have been have been filed by families. The cost is estimated to be about a billion dollars. So. With numbers being thrown around, that's kind of a drop in the bucket, right? Yep. But a billion dollars is being offered up to immigrant families. I think I think the 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 and we're gonna get a lot of emotional and you know sorry guys, I was trying to work out a conference thing with with uh, Croft here, our producer. Uh but you may have hit this a little bit because I was I'm coming in and out. But uh, here no, hear me out on this. You may have hit the emotional side of what is happening, but most people will say, but look, you don't understand. You don't understand that, uh, um, 
it's emotional, you know, like we're going to have emotional arguments and that, you know, even the right's going to come out and say, well, our veterans aren't even taken care of like that. And yeah. uh, which is true. There's no question. Those guys gave their lives for us. They've given their life, all that stuff. The real question should be asked, is this even constitutional? Is this something with it? If you guys notice, there was, I posted this thing uh, probably a couple of weeks ago on Jen Psaki, uh, President Biden, uh, uh Nancy Pelosi, they all said, we don't have the authority to mandatorily vaccinate people. We don't have the authority to mandate uh, mask wearing. Uh, Fauci said it would be wrong for the government to do that because it's just not what they do. We can't force people to do things. And then they started doing it. And then they start forcing it. Right. And it's like, you should see that they already know what their scope of power is. We've just allowed it. And most people are going to ask, what do we do about it? I think at this point, resistance is everything. And I find it funny now, 10 states are now suing President Biden because of Good. mandates. I'm getting to a point here. At some point, we go back to the government and, and we posted this graphic, a friend of mine posted the graphic, where a D.C. judge basically blocked President Biden's yeah. uh, uh, laws and basically said he's become cavalier and ignorant to the, to the law, right? At some point, we have to say, you know what? I don't care what they say anymore. We're going to take this legally now. We're going to take it to the courts. We're going to do all these things. And before someone says, and we've said this before in other podcasts, before someone says that this has gone too far and, oh my gosh, remember something. The average Constitution's length in history since the time of adopting our Constitution is 17 years, which means other countries have had four Constitutions, some have had 17 Constitutions, some have had right. three Constitutions. Ours is long-standing, 233 years, Right. Because it works, because there are checks and balances, because there are uh, rights to petition and grievance and all there's rights for everything that we do, because the founders knew that this could happen eventually when a government becomes despotic, when the people start to not be self-governed anymore, dependent on a government. And yes, that means the right too. they're dependent on government to get their job done and uphold their rights when their job is only to secure your rights. Your job is to uphold your rights. Government's job is not to uphold your rights. That's for you to do. That's called personal responsibility. Government's job is only to secure them. And where in the law, where in the Constitution, Article 2, which is the powers of the president, Article 1 for, for uh, powers of the Congress and Senate, uh, Article 3, show me where we can give money to people, especially in those quantities, right, who are illegal. Well, and that's that's something that we're going to get into is this giving the money to them. But so... First, now you may think, and this is a question that's coming up because there's one side that's saying they get a constitutional rights, they don't. So we're going to go through this just a little bit and not necessarily that we give the down and out answer, but we're, we're going to cover a couple of these options. So you may think, do illegals receive constitutional rights? You have a couple of arguments. The first is no, citizens of other nations do not receive constitutional rights because they're not under the jurisdiction of the nation. Another argues that, yes, they do, because all people deserve due process as stated in the 14th Amendment. And since they're in the land, they get those rights. Now, let's go back to this idea of citizenship. Originally, it was more important in re relation to the states. And, and the states were more concerned about, are you a citizen of our state? And it was naturally assumed that if you were a citizen of the state, then therefore you were a citizen of the nation. Mm. Okay. However, there is no clear rule in the Constitution yeah. on being a citizen. 
Now, you may ask, well, why wouldn't they do that? Because they wanted to leave it up to Congress. They wanted to leave it up to the states to figure out, hey, what, what determines being a citizen? Now, Article 2 does require that a natural-born citizen to be president. So, therefore, there was some type of definition of, look, you have to be a citizen in order to be president. Why? Why do you think, why? They, why do you think they put that in there? Because they knew if you were not ascribed to these laws, if you were not ascribed to this nation, you would eventually be a foreign invader. And guys, government's job is to protect us from foreign invaders. Foreign invaders. I'm going to say something. Can I say something? Yeah, go for it. Because this is where that whole emotional thing comes in. And the problem is people justify sin now because we've allowed it as a, as, a, as a body, as a church, right? We've yeah. in a lot of ways allowed the argument to God understands me, therefore I sin. God understands this is why I do this. God understands that's why divorce is huge right now. That's why uh, adultery is huge right now. That's why suicides are huge right now, because God just understands me and he understands my hurts and he understands uh, uh, all those things. And, and, and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and hit this a little bit. Can you tell me if their countries, like, because I've heard this argument, you know, the countries are attacking them. That's why they're coming here. There is such a thing as asylum. And I understand that, right? And there's a process to get them to become citizens and all those things. But what's happening down at the border now, what was it? Some 30, 40,000 people were Something marching. Like that, yeah. If your government was truly after you to kill you, do you think they would let you march in a caravan of 40,000 people? <laughs> Come, just use your head. Right. This isn't emotional. This is, look at this principally. Look at this principally. Look, just read Sun Tzu's Art of War. Read things like that. Read, do your history. Read about Trojan horses. Why can't we see that governments conspire all the time, bro? They do. Ju they conspired with Judas to kill Jesus. There was conspiracies. They conspired. Conspiracy theories are different. There are conspiracies to attack you, to attack your rights, to attack what God uh, gave us as a nation, to not have border walls anymore, to all these things. Why? Why would they do that? And to go along that line of question this, asylum means you go to the first country that can house you that you'll be safe in. Now, safe can be a relative term, but if you're going from Honduras into Mexico, the Honduran government, you're, you have distance from the Honduran government and what's going on in Honduras. Now, you may say, well, the cartels, those are in certain areas. There are other areas that are safer. But to to automatically assume that America is the most safe place for them to go, well, what about Chicago? What about L.A.? Where there's hundreds of murders happening every year, thousands of murders happening every year. Crime is out of control in a lot of big cities. So is America super safe? Is it not? Like, what's our definition of safe? No, it's yeah, the yeah. nearest country to get you out of the immediate danger that you're in. And we're sugar daddies. They're, they're saying that their country's bad. Our country, according to the liberal, is terrible. But we come hate, on in. Yeah, we <laughs> come hate, with the race. We hate foreigners. Our <laughs> cops just slaughter blacks at the rate of ungodliness, right? White people just have the advantage. Women aren't paid as much. But hey, you should come to our country because we love you. Right. This we, is ridiculous, dude. We're safe. We'll take care of you, but don't mind all the racists and the KKK people. <laughs> dude, that's good. Andrew, what? thank you for that. Andrew Corlar just commented. He said, not trusting the government doesn't make you a conspiracy theorist it makes you a history buff right <laughs> yes absolutely true it's hard to trust governments especially when there's 535 of them 
and a president, and they all coexist together. Right. That's dangerous stuff. Now, here's here's where you can kind of set your standard of is it a conspiracy theory or is this plausible? Is how many people have to be in the know for something to get uh, for something to succeed? And this is my argument when people bring up false flag for every single event that happens. Uh, I get tired of the whole everything's a false flag. Like I, I have one I person. Get, I, that, get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, you know, I've had one person who who I was talking with, and every time something happened, whether a massacre or whatever. False flag, false flag, false flag. I said, are human beings evil? Well, yeah, of course. So couldn't a human being on their own initiative cause this? No, it'd be the government. <laughs> what? <laughs> Boy, love, that's a leap. I that's an you, Olympic man. leap. I love you, dude. That's, that's a gold medal winning <laughs> leap right there. You're over the Grand Canyon. Go from... <laughs> People are evil too, but they don't commit massacres. Only government. That's right. That's and, right. And everybody in the government's in on it. Everybody's keeping secrets. Nobody's coming out. People can't keep secrets. Sooner or later, it all comes out, right? And that's one way that you can kind of differentiate. Yeah. Like, is yeah, this a yeah. government-sanctioned happening? Which governments Dude. do? Yeah, yeah. There are false flag events, but be skeptical when somebody just comes out and says it's all a false flag. All of it's a false flag. Yeah. So, so quickly, uh, guys, share the video with your friends. We love when people share it uh, because it gets more information out there. We're talking in constitutional things. Uh, importantly, um, I'm going to put this on pause for a minute. Why don't we talk about the conference? He's finally got. You got the graphic up, bud. Yeah. We'll put that conference graphic up, guys. January 14th and 15th, we're having a conference here called Truth to Power. Uh, not the power that you're thinking, not the raise your fist, communist power type thing. It is truth to empower us to do what we're called to do, not only as citizens, but as Christians. Mike and I will be the main uh, speakers. We're going to be talking about the history of the Constitution. We're going to dive deep into it quickly, uh, walk you through some current issues that are unconstitutional, how to fight it. And we're going to bring up scripture. We're going to bring up constitutionally to liberate the church and its people to go out and get involved in this area called government. Then we're going to have guys like Anthony Sabatini. If you don't know who he is, look him up. This guy's a freedom fighter. He's going to be one of our main speakers there. And we've got others, Gloria Tucker, Amy Pritchett, um, Mike DiTerlizzi, Jenna Haig. They're all going to be there uh, to, to, to speak and show you how to run for office. And there are different offices, uh, town council, city council, mayor, uh, I'm sorry, school board, and they're going to show you like how much money you need, what you need to run, blah, blah, blah. How do you file? They're going to do all that and more in those two days. You want to be a part of that conference. Sign up online, theselfevidenttruth.com. We'll put a link down below. My wife, I hope she's listening. She'll put a link down below for me because I, <laughs> yeah. So guys, listen, you want to be a part. It's free. You want to be a part of the conference unless you free. want lunch. Yeah, it's free. Unless you want free. lunch, uh, we, we, we ask you to pay for that. But it's a free conference. Uh, and we're, we're all about not information anymore. We're all about empowerment now. We're going to show people how to do this and we're going to win the day because I am tired of hearing this crap. I'm tired of it. Right. So let's get you, back. You can talk too. like, oh, this man. isn't my thing. This isn't my, <laughs> you're in this with me, man. Yeah. He says that even though like he nailed the numbers last night, sitting out by the fire and, and our, Come in on, it, and our in and out video, our video of 15 seconds yes! of a car line is like, going viral guys i've i come on you're more highbrow than this dude i have <laughs> how many times have i said this and i said it in front of carrie franklin our, our office person i said it in front of carrie it's gonna be the, the stupid the stuff. stupid stuff that actually takes off and hits and we've got our preaching messages on there little clips highlights we drive past an in and out and it's got the most views everybody's like in and out which by it's the way, crazy if if 
somebody somebody i've got to i've got to mention this on because this made me laugh somebody made the what was it uh maybe we shouldn't be promoting obesity or now we're promoting obesity yeah we're something. driving past in and out he's like you're promoting obesity now my, my response to that is if obesity tastes like freedom then yes <laughs> back to the constitution that's right dude this stupid video's got twenty five thousand views and two thousand likes that's insane we're driving past and in and out and it's got more hits than our messages do it proves something that we are working way too hard <laughs> and we're not having enough fun and there's no in and out in florida right get that's, with that's it DeSantis. If dude if they're gonna shut you down in california move to florida we'll right. have you we'll take your ports we'll take your in and out burger who's with me give me a like and a share if you're with me in and out must be in florida give me a like <laughs> and a share sign up for our conference if you want in and out in our state in and out we got spaces right next to chick-fil-a that's more American than anything. We'll we'll have the American row. That's right. Boom. Yeah. All right. Come on. Boom. Yes. All right. We need to- Jesus. <laughs> the correct answer is Jesus. So back to the Constitution. That's right. <laughs> Somewhere in there, what there's we, a Constitution. What are we doing? However, okay. So Article 4 secured certain rights to the citizens of one state who were present in another. In other words, you have certain rights if you're a citizen in other states. We'll make sure we protect this for you. Civil Rights Act of 1866 declared all people born in the U.S., all people born in the U.S. or naturalized were citizens. This made citizenship more well-defined of who is and who is not a citizen. So some argue that the word citizen is used in some amendments. They do not retain, must mean everybody. In other words, some amendments say citizen. So therefore, the ones that don't say it must mean anybody. And then other amendments say person. So therefore, if it says person, it must mean everybody, yes. not just a citizen. Now, let's go to the 14th Amendment, slide two. Mm. So this is what the 14th Amendment says. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof ah. and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state ah. wherein they reside. In other words, not only are you born or naturalized, but then you're subject to the jurisdiction. Yes. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States. Nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Now, here's what everybody's forgetting. Whether citizen or not, these people were arrested in the commission of a crime. If you go into a bank and rob the bank with your kids in tow, they do not put the kids in the jail cell with you. They separate them out. What we're forgetting is these people were arrested in the commission of a crime, just like the kids were. Now, you could argue they didn't know what they were doing, all of that. It doesn't matter. If your Truth. kid goes and robs a bank, they don't just hand the kid back to you and say, have a nice day. They process the kid. They, they put the kid into juvie at least for a little while to figure out what's going on. Now, there's a little more leniency with children. To figure out, okay, what's best for this kid? But they don't just hand them right back to the parents. Or the coyote who's planning on just selling them into slavery. We have to stop thinking that illegal immigrants get special immunities. 
or special cause. They get special treatment because they cross the border. That's they right. have commissioned a crime and therefore are a criminal. Yes. And I'm not saying that as a right-winger, conspiracy theorist, conservative, QAnon, Trump guy. I'm saying this as a person who respects the laws of the nation. If your first step breaks the laws of the nation, I'm sorry, but you've gone down a step in my eyes. Well, you, not only have you gone down a step, you've gone down a slippery slope. Because right. if we keep allowing lawlessness to, to, to rule, right? Like nobody realized, like it's a little bit different. Obviously, it's a different case. But here, go with me on this one. When everyone called out Bernie Madoff, when everyone called out that one lady who's on trial right now, the blonde girl, uh, Th Theranos, oh, uh, Theranos? Uh, uh, Theranos, Theranos, it's Theranos, Theranos yeah. Thanos, uh, th yeah. Elizabeth so, Thanos. Yeah, Elizabeth, <laughs> uh, Elizabeth, what's her name from yeah. Theranos? We're not saying that as right wings, left wings. We're saying as Americans in here, it's wrong to break the law. This is not a right or left issue. This is a legal issue, right? And the bottom line is if we can't talk about justice, then what are we doing? Like a lot of people use the argument, and I've used this argument many times. You know, it's like Jesus Christ died for the entire, he died for the sins of the world. Some will debate me on that. He didn't die for everybody. He died for those who were his. He died for he all. He died for all. You and those it. who choose him, right. So he died for all, but there's only one way to God through Christ. Is that somehow, should God have leniency through his son and say, we don't really need your sacrifice on this one. You know, you can just come in because I chose you. That would abrogate, that would destroy God's sovereignty. Mm -hmm. If he was to break his own law, that would not be God anymore. He would be like, man, and that's not good. So when we have laws, we have laws, right? Nobody, every, listen, hear it from us. My father, my mother came in the 60s to give me a better life to America. Parents did it legally. My dad's father did it legally. They came here with green cards. They did everything they could. They became citizens almost 20 years ago. My own mother, my own mother, when President Obama was granting amnesty to people, was upset. And she wouldn't come on the podcast. She wouldn't let me interview her. But my, my, she might now. But uh, she, she used to tell me, she said, do you know how hard I worked to become a citizen? They didn't just let me in. I had to work really hard to do that. I'd be so mad if I were in that Yeah, position. and she worked and worked and worked. And she is proud to be an American citizen. And there's nothing wrong with that. Okay? My father's proud to be an American citizen. He loves this country, right? Because of what it did for his sons and his daughter. And we're successful because of it. They did it legally. Why can't you? Right. And, Why not? And if you can't do it legally, do you deserve to have it? I don't think we think about We think, oh, they all deserve to be in America. Why? Why is the question? Well, because they're human beings and they deserve dignity. Yes, they do deserve dignity. But if we're going to start compromising and breaking laws right off the bat to get what we want, then all of a sudden we're going to compromise in every area in order to get what we want. Now, I'm not saying they're, they're all illegal immigrants are bad people. That's not what I'm saying. But you started off on the wrong foot. Yeah, this lady commented, and go with her on this one, Mike, because this, this will hit you a little bit different. She said, that's why we need to understand the difference between lawful and legal. That's right. a good point, dude. That's a very good point. Very valid. So my question on this is. Thank these, you for that, Heather. These are people committing crimes. That's right. So now we're offering hundreds of thousands of dollars because they were caught and processed for those crimes. And they consider themselves to have had hardship through that processing. 
Now, maybe the process took too long, whatever. Then you get into a constitutional argument. Well, is a speedy trial because what Massey was saying before, it's technically a foreign invader. Now, foreign in, foreign invaders, foreign enemies are processed through military tribunals. And it's a different set Ooh. of rights for that. Ooh. So the question is, I never thought of that. Are they technically foreign invaders because they have now stepped onto U.S. soil without permission? And we don't know their their cause, their or, intent. Yeah, we don't know. We can't judge the mind and the heart. Which means you are afforded a military tribunal, not in the citizens. That's a great legal point. Courts. Do you know why he's on the podcast? Do you know why he runs this thing? Because he's him. I don't even know what that meant, but I knew what I tried to mean. <laughs> I don't know what that meant, but it sounded cool in my head. Let's go with it. Why not? <laughs> so are we paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to people who have been held without a speedy trial for the January 6th stuff? Because they're considered insurrectionists. And so they're not being held for a speedy trial, but instead being That's held good, as an insurrectionist. <laughs> That is so good, dude. I'm just asking questions. That is so good. I'm just asking questions. So let's get to slide number three. You guys may be thinking, okay, where's where's the rub on this? What are you where are you guys going? We're going somewhere a little bit different than everybody else because the end point of this is your money is getting handed out to a lot of people illegally. Are you mad about that? We're mad about that. So, yeah, and, and and I'm gonna make this point before we move yeah. on because uh, I've been thinking about this a lot. You know what happens when you give government arbitrary authority to tax at will? They can do whatever they want. They There's no debt you. ceiling anymore. There's no debt ceilings anymore. There's no rhyme or reason for passing budgets anymore because they can just keep taxing. And they know they're going to have revenue forever, which is not what was what is that's not what was intended in the beginning. Right. And so let's go through this little taxation thing. Now, you may automatically like you hear oh, constitutional taxation. Oh, I'm so tired. I get you, but we we want to show you something that is really important to understand because this all gets back to a point. Yeah. Now, this next slide, it, you may be, okay, why are you talking about this? But the idea is money, 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 money. It's all about money. Money, money, money. So let's go to slide number three. Isn't it funny how, feel, how free they feel with your money? Do you notice now it's not talking about billions. We're talking about trillions. Every single spending bill, infrastructure bill, all of that is in the trillions. That's right. The trillions. Dude, we were scared when it was in the billions. Right. We were like, $800 billion. What are you doing? Now it's like $6 trillion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, so $1.75 trillion for climate and social spending. This is down from $3.5 trillion that it was. It includes universal pre-K, subsidized child care, one-year extension to child tax credit, extends Affordable Care Act subsidies for four years. But this is being held up. Why? Because the Democrats want firm language on the companion social spending bill. So two bills need to be passed, each $1.75 trillion each. Pramelia Jayapal. Ooh. You know her? No. Oh. She said, members... <laughs> Members of our caucus will not vote for the infrastructure bill without the Build Back Better Act. They are throwing your money around. What was your thought? No, there's just a lady who commented just right now. I think I don't know if it's a lady or a guy, but um, it says because it's those names. They don't. They're, they're just little like monikers. It says uh, when my mother-in-law came after World War II, you had to pay back the money you were given from a government in a certain amount of time. <sighs> Wouldn't that be nice? <sighs> 
Nobody would be able to pay. So I'm not trying to take away from no, what we're doing now, but I thought, wow, that's I didn't know that. That's powerful because that, yeah. that shows balancing. Yep. And, and that's so different from what we're doing now. So this, if passed, it would impose a 15% minimum tax on corporate profits, adopt the 15% minimum global tax, apply 5% surtax rate on individual income above 10 million, would raise another 3% on income above 25 million, includes a 1% surcharge on corporate stock buybacks. It was also in the same breath when they were previously talking about monitoring any transaction over $600. I think, and even, even just looking at this, it's still not enough to cover the nut. No. Like no, we're what they're still, doing. Yeah. This is so stupid that you can't cover what you're spending even doing this. It's never going to get covered. Don't listen. You who are watching that are cool with government doing this and that the rich need to keep paying their fair share. Who is richer than government right now? They have blank checks. Exactly. I don't, you know, when they're saying we're going to raise on, on the wealthy, on the super wealthy. Good. Nice try. Right. Because when they start leaving the nation and you, you saw it happen. They can leave. They can leave. And when President Trump was president, give it to him on this. People were coming back to do business here. Why? No, he wasn't. He, to me, there's foolish things every president does. And I don't want to nitpick like that. But he spent seven trillion dollars in his in his first term. Right. That's a lot. of. He spent almost more than Obama did in two terms. So don't talk about p fiscal responsibility when you're a Republican and you were backing it up, please. OK, that was not fiscally responsible. Sorry. It's just true. But now you're seeing we're going to tax this. We're going to do that. We're going to tax you on this. And it's like at some point, at some point, they're going to say, fine, I'm out. And you're going to see more people hiding on, on offshore accounts. You're going to see more people hiding money and doing different things to avoid the tax anyway. And guess Because they do that. Guess who they go after? They go after you because you can't avoid it. You can't pay the accountants to find the tax loopholes. You can't put the money in the offshore accounts. You can't change your business over to a country that's a shelter for you. When you say tax the rich or soak the rich, this is not a new idea. And we're going to get into that because we have to realize that government has a blank check. And guess what? You're the sugar daddy for the government. Oh my gosh. So Andrew Gurink, listen to this. Huh. Andrew Gurink just sent me this. He said, did you see the bill S3011? How each state has billions left over from the COVID package. This money's already on the books. And he sent me a picture. We can put it up, but it's too, too complicated right now. Uh, Alabama has, it looks like a billion dollars left. Alaska has $450 million left. This is insanity, bro. Maryland has $2 trillion left. This is incredible. Whoa. Look at this. Look at this. You can see it yourself. You see it? Oh my gosh. Dude, money everywhere. Should, should we should we well, you can't really see yeah. it. I, we'll, we'll shoot it to him and we'll put it up. Yeah. This is yeah. crazy. Be ready for it, Croft. So, we'll get back to that because you need to know how much money is sitting. How much money has been handed out to states? How much money has been handed out to government? That government's not even doing anything with. It's your yeah. money. We need Andrew to come on with a show with us, man. We got to no be talking about this now. So taxation, this whole idea, you need to get your head around where did this start? Because a lot of us think, well, this has just been going on forever. This this is just natural. How else will you have roads, right? That, that number one argument. How else will you have roads or police or fire? 
It's up. <gasps> okay. We'll start at the beginning. It's under conference graphic, bro. <sighs> I'm in a moody mood. So you and me both. Now I'm mad. <laughs> right? So in order to pay for war debts, back before the Revolutionary War, when the colonies were still colonies of Britain, in order to pay for their war debts, especially from the French and Indian War, the British Parliament decided for the first time to tax the colonists directly. You hear that? The first time to tax the colonists directly. Until then, there had been no direct taxes. Well, how'd they get their money? Tariffs and excise taxes, yeah, which so means taxes on products. When he's saying colonists, he's saying citizens. So we're right. They were British citizens still. This included the Stamp Act, which required basically every piece of paper it to have a crazy. stamp. And guess what? The stamp funded the British government to help pay back the debts. So this led to the, you've heard it, no taxation without representation movement. It grew in, into an independence wow. movement. So even the Declaration of Independence stated the history of the present king of Great Britain yes. is a history of repeated injuries Injury. and usurpations, all having in direct ob object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. Now, further down, it says, he has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign, foreign to, to our, our constitution, constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation, get this, for imposing taxes on us without our consent. Dude. First off, listen to what he said there. There's a good preaching point here. When I was with Institute on the Constitution, they hammered this down our throats. They did. Pretended. Which means the legislation was bring, like, like an executive it was, order. It was poof. There was no legislation. Legislation that is passed against the rights and the privileges of the citizen are not law. And we keep driving this point home. Do you know why you need to run for public office? You are watching this because you understand it and they don't. Right. Did you guys know, I said the statistic last night, 48% of Congress right now doesn't even know three branches of government. They, don't, they couldn't tell you all three branches of government. And they're in Congress, guys. And you, you've, you've given them all authority, wisdom, and honor. You've decided that these people can do no wrong, even though you don't approve of them. Uh, it, most of our listeners, I don't think, <laughs> afford them that. But America as a whole... We say, oh, I don't approve of what Congress is doing, yet we don't kick these people out because for some reason we've got it in their mind that they are the authorities and we have to just submit yeah. to them, follow everything they say, that's because why. that's the godly way. And that's why you need to come to the conference. Right, because Genu we'll seriously. teach you, you don't have to follow ungodly pretended legislation. And we'll show you scriptural, we'll through that. We'll, we'll show you scriptural reasons, and one of the biggest problems we're seeing from the American church, and I'm talking about the American church, this isn't a cap. I'm saying this is an issue, right? They use scripture to justify governments as monarchies. The scriptures were written during the times of monarchies. We are not a monarchy, folks. We are a republic. So the supreme authority law of the land is the Constitution, but the authority of power is in the people. That's why self-government should be preached more and more and more, that we need to understand it, know it, teach it, preach it, all that stuff. We need to be self-governed ourselves. So that then you can follow the Constitution. And where you think it needs to be amended, there are processes to amend the Constitution. If yes. you say, well, that just can't happen, that's too hard. Uh, if you take our Constitution course, we will show you how one man <clears throat> added an entire amendment to the Constitution. You can go ahead and plug that. Our what now? Our Constitution course. <laughs> 
which took no. hours and is still taking hours for you. So if you want to, for a very small nominal fee, purchase my blood, sweat, and tears and Massey's blood, sweat, and tears and self-evidence, blood. sacrifice blood, sweat, and tears, go ahead and just shell out a couple of dollars so to yeah, learn yourself some you can, constitution. You, you can pre-order it uh, along with our government versus God. You can pre-order the constitution course coming out in January. We're excited about it. Again, how you're hearing us talk is how we do it. I mean, it's, right. it's pretty simple, straightforward stuff. We're not boring, obviously. My wife calls it snooze fest. We're not a snooze fest. It was great when she <laughs> we, said it. And and here's one thing. I, one more thing about the Constitution course, and we'll get back into this. It's not a course that runs you line by line through the Constitution itself and tells you, well, this means this and this means. No, this gives you – when you come away from this, you will come away with a yep. full grounded understanding of what was going on, what's it supposed to mean, the spirit of all of these documents, and where we can go from here. It's the background. It fills in all of the gaps yes. for you so that then you understand what was trying to be said line by line by line. I'm more concerned that you understand what was going on and why it was going on than the line by line language because you can do that on your own, but you need to know where to start. Absolutely. Plug over. So back to that constitution. The Constitution stated no capitiation or other direct tax shall be laid unless in proportion to the census or enumeration herein before directed to be taken. This means basically the only way a direct tax could be made was to directly tax the states by their population as opposed to tax on the citizen directly. So how did they get their money? Tariffs and excise taxes. In other words, on the import of goods. 200 years ago, 90% of funds raised by government were through tariffs. Think about that. Dude, that's It's crazy. about 10% today. <clears throat> so tariffs were where they made their money. And let me ask you a question. If we were still running 90% on tariffs, how big would your government actually be? That's exactly it. And the argument would be, well, as we've increased, we've needed to tax. No, as we increased, we would have imported and exported more. So would have brought in more revenue for the government to run. It should which all means, be relative. Yes, it all it's it's see what I'm saying? They they do this thing where it's like, but if we were this big back then, we would only no. As we grow, so does them. But that would not have let them and allowed them to grow as big as they've gotten, where they think now they have arbitrary power over the states, which they don't. And I think now to see states go and sue President Biden is so encouraging to me right. because now we're starting to see local governments. And guys, we've been preaching this for seven years. Local government, local government, local government. Do you know how many times people laughed at us when we talked about state governments? They laughed at us. Oh, my gosh. No, we, we got to focus on the president. The president and, and, and focusing on one man as what's gotten us into this position. Right. That somehow one dude will fix it. President Trump didn't fix nothing, y'all. He exposed problems. He didn't fix anything. You know what it did? You know what it did do? It allowed those executive orders he passed to be undone by President Biden. That's what happened. Let's get real. And, but we don't see that. No. We see he was our guy. He did this for us. No, he violated the Constitution, too. And if you are honest with yourself as a citizen, forget your party for a minute. Let's just be citizens here. Let's be Christians. It doesn't matter who they are. I respect them for their position. But my duty is to say this was wrong. This was wrong and it was illegal. And guys, we shouldn't have done this. I don't care if you like us or not. And we won't stop saying this. Because if we're the only ones, well, then watch. In 20 years, you're going to say, dang, I wish someone else was saying that. And guess what's happening now? Everybody that was preaching this for the last 20 years are now at the forefront. That's what's happening now. 
We have to say this stuff. It's in us. We can't help but say it because we know it's right. Now, you may say, well, we need taxes. We need to, you know, that the income tax did not exist until the 16th Amendment. So, yeah. in the beginning of the 1900s, the 1900s, so from seven, You're, you man. corrected me last night. You were, what was that? I was, I kept saying 17th. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I kept saying 17th. It was the 16th Amendment. Forgive me, guys, because you know the liberals are going to be like, he doesn't even know what he's talking about. My, it was a long day. Sorry, 16th Amendment. <laughs> so, the 16th Amendment. So, beginning of the 1900s, there was this new, hear it, soak the rich movement that started. Interesting, huh? And Democrats attempted bills to tax the rich. So in 1909, there was a conservative Democrat who tried to embarrass the Republicans by introducing an income tax bill. He was hoping, ah, they'll vote against it, and then all the people will love it because soak the rich. There were actually a number of Republicans who accepted the bill, and this sent the Republican leadership into chaos. They said, well, we're divided. This, this thing is causing us chaos. So to try and protect from it passing, the Republican leadership came out saying, hey, we favor an income tax if it were going to be an amendment, thinking, hey, this will fail. This amendment will never pass. We'll get through this problem. We'll start looking towards our next elections. Guess what? Soak the rich had an effect. It was approved and ratified. Now, people say, but there was issues. Absolutely. Was it legitimate? Illinois Department of Revenue investigator Bill Benson showed there were major issues with this process. Listen close to these next. Listen close to what happened with this amendment. Seven state legislators did not ratify, but reported it as such. Two did not ratify, but reported it as ratified to the secretary of state. Six failed to have the governor signed as was required by their constitutions. Now, 13 states were required to disapprove ratification in order for it to fail, 14 had substantive ratification issues. 22 states approved it with changes in syntax, which is a very dangerous thing to do because all of these are supposed to be written word for word as clear as possible as to the meaning. One approved with spelling variations and 26 or more approved it with changes in punctuation, which if you've ever seen those memes, a comma can do a lot of damage. <laughs> Sure can. <laughs> now, so 16th Amendment passes, which the problem is it's in direct contradiction to the Constitution, yet it doesn't nullify any passages of the Constitution. So the question is, can it actually be amendment? Article 1, Section 2, Clause 3 states, representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned among the several states which may be included within this use and according to their respective number. That gets back to the population thing. It's been tariffs were the primary source of funding. Each tax bill was apportioned to the states, meaning the tax bill was divided between the people by population numbers. The state would raise the revenue and then pay the proceeds to D.C. Why? Because then the state could say, we're not paying you for that. The state had some power to say, I'm not paying that. You shouldn't Which, have taken that bill out. That's right. Now they stick their hands into your bank account and take your money. What individual can say, I'm not paying that? Not only that, in order to bribe the states, they pass things like stimulus packages. And, and then they give money to the states yeah. and in return, cooperate with us. Right. What was Biden threatening uh, Florida with? We're going to pull funding from, from certain things like schools and whatever, right? Yep. Obama if you do did the, it too. Yeah. So they threatened the, the, the states and they're like, oh my gosh, we can't survive without the funding. So then they, you see what happens? 
this is why Exodus 18 was real when he said, men who hate covetousness, choose men who love the law and hate covetousness. Covetousness, guys. Where was I? Oh, the amendment. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. I was <laughs> lost my place. So the amendment is also considered to be contradictory to Article 1, Section 9, Clause 4, which gives a constitutional limitation on the imposition of direct taxes on individual citizens of this country or their property. Now, this argument against this is that the 16th nullified the article. There's no language in the 16th that nullifies anything in the Constitution. You see that language in the 21st Amendment nullifying the 18th Amendment. You have to have language in there to nullify. Otherwise, if it contradicts, the amendment is not a good amendment. It's pretended legislation. That's right. D thank you for making that point. This is what we were talking about last night and this whole week, talking about this stuff, right? What we were talking about was, let's let's ask ourselves a question. Did the founders write it where we can have an amendment process? My camera's doing the funny thing. The, the the shaky thing um did the founders write the constitution in order for it for us to pass laws to break its own laws do you understand what i'm saying to you right. in other words did they write regulations against the president the congress and all these things in order for them to re-amend it to say give us more power go figure right right and if it's truly the people who give the authority to the federal government why do you need amendments to do that that shows force you see what I'm saying? Instead of letting the people and allowing themselves to give you more authority and power, why do you have to pass amendments to do that? Right. But what I love, I, I didn't even think about it until you just said that, that the 16th Amendment doesn't nullify anything in the Constitution to change the law. Right. And and to go a little bit deeper on that, you've got the 17th Amendment, which changed how senators were elected. Senators, and I know we've covered this before, I think on the podcast, uh, senators were elected by the state legislatures, which meant they were ambassadors to the government from the state. Now they're elected by popular vote. Oof. So now you, the state, you notice the state continues to lose its power and its influence so that the government then can impose their power and coercion on the individuals. You have to remember your state was supposed to be there to protect you from the federal government. Right. Because the state has a lot more power to tell the government, no, I don't want this. I remember uh, probably Ooh. probably a year ago, hold that thought, probably Ooh. about a year ago, I did a talk on the 10th Amendment. And what can we do if the state, you know, being forced? I said, honestly, the biggest thing that the states can do is reject funding. They can say, no, I'm not taking your money. Why? Because the funding is the way the government says, well, we'll take your funding from you if you don't do what we say. And a lot of cowards say, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Give me my, the money. I think the states need to say, I don't care. Take it back. We'll figure it out on our own. Yeah, we've got enough people like we're, we can we can have our people do what we need them to do right. for our state. Right. But I think you bring up another valid point. When the government, when the federal government, our states came into union with its original constitution to do what it was supposed to do, right? Except for like Hawaii and yeah. others. But if the federal government is passing laws against the citizen and empowering themselves, the state then, because it has more authority than the federal government, has the duty yes. to pull a convention of states together and say, nope, this is now you've gone way out of your scope of power. Problem is cowardice. Let's get real cowardice or ignorance of the law they don't know the law right and for them there's some some benefit in that so the trojan horse in america has existed for a very 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 long time very long time there's always been a trojan horse uh in our in our governmental politics right and the body politic is this 
why is it now our 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 speaking and manner of speaking about government is not how do we keep the people free? It's how do we gain more power and enslave the people more through taxation, closures, uh, uh, church closures. We need to silence this particular group. We need to elevate this particular group. Now, um, why is it that that uh, certain speech is not allowed, but a lot of other speech, which is ungodly and destructive to kids and showing them books on sex ed in, in schools is being allowed, right? But cat in the hat can't be read. Right. You see what I'm saying? So like, what you're seeing is woe to them who call evil good and good evil. We, but that's been happening for a long time. See, this is why I'm not alarmed and I'm not saying, oh, my gosh, the, the tribulation's coming. No, it's just time for us to fight. Right. And this we're getting into this, the psychology of the matter of you've got a populace that has learned how to allow the government to do whatever they want to do and just kind of give in. Now, what's beautiful is and this is where the hope comes in is. People are waking up and there are large percentages of people who are saying, no, I'd rather quit my job than you force something into my body. This is where my red line is. And they won't tell you that. And there is, there's actually this, this media movement to start calling it what, Striketober. And, and the whole idea is they're going to try and, and commandeer this striking idea and, and twist it so that it makes it look like it's, it's a liberal, organized, Democrat thing. But notice they don't tend to report on the high percentages of police officers that are leaving, nurses that are leaving, firefighters that are leaving, airline employees that are leaving. There, there are massive groups of people who are saying, no, I'm not willing to submit to this because this isn't right. And why we say that is you're not alone. Yeah. I think a lot of times we think I'm alone. Nobody else feels it. If I go out and say this, nobody That's what else they want you agree. to feel. They want you to feel alone. They want you to feel crazy. And and you think, well, I'm not buying into it. They push it so often. And it comes from all the people in the government and the media and entertainment yep. and all of that, that you can't help but start to think, am I crazy? Yeah. Am I insane on this? I must be off. Yeah. Your freedom, your liberty was supposed to be the most important part of this whole experiment, this whole nation experiment. And the central government, it was said over and over, even from the Federalists, that few and well-defined powers were given to the central government. Because what they figured was, look, we need to have some type of central government to run this show. Otherwise, it'll all just pull apart and fall apart, which tended to be the case in history. You got you had guys like Madison and Adams who studied civilization after civilization after civilization and found what happened is if you had a bunch of little governments basically trying to band together, it wasn't that they just all unified into a terrifying power. They tend to disintegrate and all go their own way. So the idea was, okay, let's have a central government that can kind of keep things in check, but we'll try and balance it all out so that the states have more power than the central government does all of that. We've bought into the idea that the central government is the most powerful force on earth and they are righteous. We see them as righteous and we see them as all powerful because when Biden comes out and says, we're going to have a vaccine mandate because it's a plague of the unvaccinated. There are plenty of people who say, yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It and must it, be. So, so there's a lot to, to, to this, which we always try to end with hope in the gospel and Christ and, and all those things. First off, there's a lot of things to be said right now about how evil and oppressive government can be and, and, and how 
they kind of make you feel in fear. The only reason that you feel in fear when a government speaks is because you don't have the knowledge to defend right. yourself. Truth never feels ashamed in the presence of lies. It makes lies feel ashamed. Yeah. So, God, put that on a meme. I never heard that before. Put that on a meme. Put it on a shirt. <laughs> right? But, number one, if Jesus Christ no longer condemns you and he sees you as a son or daughter, listen closely. If he sees you under the blood of Jesus, there's therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit, right? If that's truly true, you should never, ever, ever let an outside force who is not Christ condemn you, make you feel shame, make you feel these things. This is why we need to get together and start talking to one another and show everybody we're not alone, folks. We're not alone. We're not alone in this fight. This fight is a fight because they want to fight against you. The problem is they want you to fight against each other. If you notice that the fight is not against government really a lot, it's against certain particular groups. So it's the vaxxers and anti-vaxxers. Who does that? Media. It's the blacks versus the whites. Who does that? Media. It's the church against the non-church or church against the government. You know what I mean? They divide when reality, it's the government's power and government force that has created a lot of the racism that's happening right now. It's created a lot of this narrative right now. It's created where we can't question science and doctors anymore. It's created the narrative that if you don't fall in line with us, you're the one in the wrong. So then the Christian says, well, I'm supposed to submit to local government or to authorities, so therefore I've got to do it. Again, ignorance of the law and ignorance of the word. Because you don't know. Listen, I find it hilarious that people will tell you to submit to a government that is oppressive in the nation that left a government because it was oppressive. Use your mind for a minute. Just stop and think. If you read the Declaration of Independence, we talk about this a lot. If you read the Declaration, it will give you every single reason with God's help as to why we need to get rid of tyrannical governments. That's the hope. The hope is you're right in standing against tyranny. You're right, you're right when you call out a government. You're right when you're saying that they're stepping, overstepping their bounds. Again, you're not the rebellious one. They are. You're not the one being rebellious. They're the ones being rebellious against your God. Therefore, it's your duty to stand and have hope and watch God move. Listen, he will not move unless it's impossible. God won't move unless it's impossible. And someone please show me any, any biblical character, right? We talked about this a lot. Any scenario in scripture where it was possible to do something. Most every single story in there is about impossibilities. And Jesus did it too. Healing people, 5,000 people being fed, which was 20,000, including women and children and all that stuff, right? That, how was it that they could do those things? And here we are. Well, geez, I, you know, I struggle with pornography. No, they, these guys were talking about kingdoms and feeding thousands and all these things. Listen, if you truly believe your God, things will change. It has to. That's why when revivals broke out, Azusa, Brownsville, all those things, that's why crime started stopping was because when the Spirit of God came, crime couldn't persist in the light. Men were repenting, women were repenting of their sins because sin cannot abide in the light. So if you're truly believing your God and you're in the light, sin can't abide around you and it will change. It has to bow the knee before God. Baal had to bow its knee before God. Do you know what I mean? This is the hope. Stand for your Lord. Stand for the people around you. He's telling, he's commissioning us to do that. Preach the gospel, trust your Jesus. But when you're Jesus, when you truly trust Jesus, he's going to let you and make you almost affect the world around you. And we, 
we step in at some point and we move forward at some point. And it takes that step. It takes that movement forward. It takes that accepting. And I was teaching a class the other day and, and I said, one of the things, and Massey and I have talked about this, one yeah. of the things that, that really drives me nuts and I really struggled with a long time is you can't do anything. Jesus has to do it all. It's all Lord. You can't do anything. And, and when I was younger, it was like, uh, okay, so I sit on the couch and then God will do it all. Like I, that doesn't seem right, but how do I, but if I try to do anything, then I'm doing it in my own power. I'm not working in faith. No, maybe this will help clear it up for somebody. When you're stepping in faith, you still have to step. And immediately I'm reminded of Gideon. The Lord comes to him and says, you're a mighty warrior. You can do this. That's right. The Lord didn't say, stay here, Gideon, in the cave, uh, under the wine press. I'll, I'll go. Yeah. I'll do it. And then I'll come back and give you the credit. Right. He says, no, I'm going to send you out. So Gideon had to make that step outwards and go actually do it. I think we get it stuck in our head that I just can't. God's going to do it. God's in control. I'm just I'm, I'm going to stay here. You have to understand that if the Lord's calling you to something, you have to actually make that step because Bingo. that's actually a step of faith. Abraham couldn't get to the promised land without yeah, making his step. That's right. The the land that was promised to him, I'm going to bring you to your own place. Yeah. But guess what? You have to leave everything right. behind and start making your steps But again, forward. that goes to every story in Scripture talking about impossible situations. Right. Noah had to build the boat in order for God to show him who he truly was yeah. in justice. He, right? He didn't give God a pontoon, you know, <laughs> or God didn't give Noah yeah, a yeah. pontoon and say, all right, <laughs> sit on this. Right, right, right. Or, or David, you know, like a, being a man of war, but also a man of the Psalms, right? Eventually, he had to pick up his own harp. Eventually, he had to pick up a sword. Eventually, he had to be the man that God had called him to be. Your step is faith. That's right. And so, again, I, I, I fail to see in Scripture where God always did something and told men to do something that was already possible. Right. It was impossible. Even when he said, go and preach the gospel, basically told him, you're going to die. I was reading in Acts 2 when he says that when the Holy Ghost comes, you shall be witnesses to me. I used to think it would, for some reason, I overlooked it for years now, that you should be witnesses of me. That's what I used to think it said, yeah. which means, yeah, we're going to go preach about, no, the word witness means martyr. He basically told him, you're going to die for this. You're going to die for the gospel, right? We don't have a nation like that. We're not being persecuted in the sense right now that we would die for our faith and people would be like, well, it's coming. That's your problem. It's common. That's your problem. Pray it doesn't have to. Yeah, exactly. Instead of saying it's common, saying, no, God's going to stop that in Jesus' name. Why can't we have faith to believe like right. that? And when you look at the promises that God made to the Israelites, it, it, now there were times where it's like, look, you're you're going to get persecuted. You're going to get exiled. But guess what? He, he said, look, if you follow my commandments, if you obey my ordinances, I'll give you blessing. You'll be I'll the head and not the peace, tail, right? Yeah, you, you'll be blessed in the city, so, blessed in the field. Your storehouse will be blessed. I mean, come so, on, dude. So we we tend to get stuck in our head that, well, the gospel can only spread through persecution. That's such a backwards way of thinking. Let's instead seek the Lord and seek the goodness of the Lord. Now, it doesn't mean persecution won't happen, but we're not in a position of persecution. Yeah. People will say, oh, well, you know, we are getting persecuted. Man, we're getting that's, teased. That's, yeah, that we're yeah <laughs> like, we're getting tickled right now. Right, this isn't like, persecution. Matter of it, fact, it doesn't have to get there. Exactly. Andrew Kolar just said, "Massey, when will people realize that mandates are not laws? Nineteen states are suing Biden over the vax mandate, uh, and I want you to answer that too." 
Um, to me, Andrew, it's really when we get educated, the more, and, and this is what sucks about, um, I, I'm not, I'm not, I speak at a lot of groups, right? But when they become echo chambers is when it starts to go bad. So the, the, here's a good example. The tea party was great when it first started, mm-hmm. but then it became an echo chamber for the right, not an echo chamber for what it originally started with. Right. It started to support things, started to kind of compromise the message a little bit because it was taxed enough already. But when the taxes went up, all these other things. So, and I'm not, I'm not speaking against the tea party. I'm saying this is what happens when things become echo chambers and you start to hear talking points from other people instead of knowing the law for yourself, right? Because now uh, when, when, when mandates come out and all those other things, uh, most people, a good, good example, 450,000 to, to, to refugees and to, to, to illegal Illegals. immigrants, right? Yeah. I heard the right right away. Well, our veterans aren't taken care of. So in other words, we're not arguing the constitutionality of what they did. We're arguing by emotion. That's the wrong. When you realize that mandates are not law, that Congress, according to Article One, Section One, we will beat this drum until we die. And this is why people are like, man, I've heard this message before. Then believe it. Because Article One, Section One, the first thing it says, all legislative authority here and granted shall be vested in the Congress of the United States. No, the CDC can't make law. The president can't make law. The Congress, I'm sorry, the, the judicial branch can't make law. Congress does. Anyone outside of that trying to mandate on the citizen is not law. Therefore, I have a duty to disobey it because it's pretended legislation, plain and simple. And that's where we've got to get education. We've got to get education. We've got to get our mindset on that of, wait a second. I don't I don't have to work in these parameters. I can work outside these yes. parameters. I don't have to work in these boundaries that they're telling me I have to. If the government comes out and says, we're going to mandate vaccines on a federal level, let alone the whole state level thing, I, I can argue with the whole Jacobson case. That that one gets I me blow too. that one out of the water. But yeah. let alone people say, well, Jacobson, it, it mandated vaccines for a state. I have my own problems with that, but that was state. That was not federal. Now you have federal government where a president is making an executive order to a bureaucratic office <laughs> to make a regulation to enforce a vet mandate to give fines if you don't follow the mandate of the bureaucratic office who's under the authority of the executive of the president who made the executive order. You know what all of this is? Not Congress. That's right. It's not Congress. It's not congressional law. And guys, even William Blackstone, John Locke, they all said it. Any law that is against God's law is not law. So you can mandate vaccines all you want. And I don't need a religion. Listen closely again. I'll say it again. We'll say it from the people in the back. You don't need a religious exemption to refuse a vaccination. Right. My That's playing refu- by their game. Yeah, dude. And, and listen to that even argument. We need to provide a religious exemption to stop vaccinations. You're now letting the government determine what's religious. That's against the First Amendment, right? So again, this we got to start knowing our right. law here. And and just a thought on the whole religious exemption. You know what that means? I need an exemption from a law, which now now I understand you take the courses you can. Keep doing it, dude. If, Keep going. If you're I like going, where you're going to say we need religious exemptions, what you're actually saying is this law is justified and verified, and this law is great. So I need an exemption from that. You're playing by their rules because what you're saying yes. is I respect and honor the law. I just, which it's not, but I, can you please give me an exemption? Because, well, my religion. Now, all of a sudden, they've become the decision makers for it, and they've determined whether or not your religious exemption is verified or not. No, no, no. It should never get to that. A, you don't touch my religious exercise. 
That's First Amendment. But the other part of it is I don't respect that law because it's not law. Dude. It's a mandate. Yeah. It's pretended legislation. That's exactly So it. I don't respect it. I don't care about my religious exemption because I'm not going to follow that because that's not an actual law. Think of it. <laughs> Think about this. Listen close. Tune in, all of you who are on still right now, because I know we went over time. Listen closely. Just listen closely. They pass a law, then tell you you need something to be exempt from it. So now, if you don't have that exemption, but you don't obey it, it's breaking the law. But because, because you have an exemption, you are not obeying the law. Same thing, but they allowed you to break their own law. That's Just think about the manipulation and the, what would you call that? Uh, 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 what, what do you call those kind of people? Uh, narcissists. Know, yeah. Think of the narcissistic <laughs> view of government right now. Telling you, well, we'll pass this law, but you need to prove to us so you can break you, that law. Because if you didn't have the exemption, you could, if you broke the law, you're penalized. But we'll let you break the law because guess what? We're God. You know, you know what that so reminds crap. me of? is, And people have such a problem with this, is the indulgences from the Catholic Church when you could pay for your sins you uh, i'm gonna yes! i'm gonna have one i was thinking that too uh, i'm gonna be out at the tavern all weekend so uh here's some money catholic church ah we absolve you we forgive you it's it's the same idea uh we can go down this line a hundred times anyway but so that being said be a partner self-evident truth needs your help so go to the self-evident truth.com you guys can become a torchbearer get yourself a nice cool shirt when you become a torchbearer uh because i instituted it i give you permission right you, please Give us funding so that we can keep yelling into microphones. That's right. That's right. And going out there and seeking and saving that which is lost, number one, because the gospel needs to be preached. Second, educating the masses because discipleship is needed in scripture and in law. Third, because we want to minister to people and set them free by the blood of Jesus. There's no bondage that Jesus cannot set us free from. And so we're really excited about talking about the Holy Spirit, what he does, uh, and all those things. Our conferences are coming up. Be a part of those January 14th and 15th. There's a link down below also uh guys become a torchbearer we need we need partners we need partners uh for you guys to partner with us not because we need it but it's like we need to get out there more and the more we can do the better so and god's really moving and opening doors right now we got some dear friends that are helping us out uh achieve where we need to go and those kind of things god's really uh blessed us and so be a part of that go to the self-evident truth.com again there's so much on there get on Get on our, our courses. You guys want to know more? Our courses teach this stuff. Uh, a lot of people ask me that. You know, how do I know what you know? Get a course. Get a course. <laughs> That's It's easy, right? You. So uh, we love you guys. Uh, thank you again. Share this video with your friends. Thank you for commenting. Uh, let us know below what you guys want us to talk about. We'll do that. So God bless you guys. We love you. We'll see you soon. All right. Next week. Love you guys. <laughs>